there, it's me, your money. And welcome to Tandia Talks Money. They say money talks, and it is true, I do. And I also like to work hard. They say it builds character, but it also builds TFSAs and RRSPs, which is why every week Tandia will share new ideas, tips, and wisdom from Tandia's finest to help you get to where you want to go. You know, with a little help from me, of course. Like, who else? I know, I know exactly what you're thinking, because I'm thinking the same thing. What does trifling mean? Yeah, well, I just did what any older millennial would do, and I searched it on Urban Dictionary. So here it is. Trifling is when a person is a low down, dirty shame. Their ways are crooked. They're off and they know it, but won't admit it. Slick, liar, ghetto, wrong. Seeing that you might be thinking that this week's episode is going to be like a how-to guide on how to be a gold digger, if you did not get that song reference, I do have to warn you, it is everything but that. Rather, we're going to focus on those trifling friends who take your money. Last year was a historic year for financial losses reported to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center. Based on reports to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center, $379 million were lost to scams and fraud in 2021, which was an increase of 130% compared to 2020. The continued prevalence of scams and fraud is why we need to stay vigilant. Those trifling people are coming for you. We have all the information when it comes to protecting our finances. We don't want to get calls saying, she take my money. Increasingly, and especially over the past two years during the pandemic, many of us, so many of us have turned to online services and devices to carry on with our daily activities. Despite all the ways the internet can help us, we need to remain vigilant, like superheroes of our own devices. We don't always know who is on the other side of our screens. Have you watched the show Catfish? And many fraudsters have impersonation tactics to pose as a trusted source to steal money or personal information. Now, I would love to tell you that I'm the expert on all things fraud. I am not. I am surprised I have not fallen victim for it, knock on wood. Um, And I am curious for my own safety because there's so many things that, you know, we don't take for granted, we don't think about. So we brought the big guns in today and we are joined by Rachel Jolicoeur. She is the Director of Fraud Mitigation and Strategy for Interact Corp. With 20 years progressive experience in the payment industry, Rachel specializes in fraud management and money movement services. She's the Director of Fraud Mitigation and Strategy at Interact Corp and responsible for the creation and implementation of effective fraud prevention programs and strategic partnerships to mitigate fraud losses and ensure an appropriate balance between fraud risk and customer experience. Rachel is a public relations representative and speaker on fraud for the organization, is a certified cyber crimes investigator. That sounds super fun. And certified fraud examiner. 
In that capacity, she informs and builds awareness around payment fraud to law enforcement agencies, interact members, stakeholders, and general public. I think the fact that you're a certified cyber crimes investigator, I'm very excited to have you on. And I'm so glad you're here to join us. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Carla. Very happy to be here. This is great. I thought I thought we could start today off by maybe telling you, like, we'll go through some things that we here at Tandia most commonly see when it comes to fraud. I'm sure we'll touch on a lot more things as we go, but these are some these are some things that when I went to probe our risk department, I said, you know, what what have our Tandia members fallen most victim to? So I was a little shocked and mostly like a little bit afraid because I use these all the time. But the most common fraud we actually see involves the use of e-transfers. Either it's members that send e-transfers for goods, they don't receive the merchandise, which FYI, that just happened to me like this week. I ordered a Costco heater for my backyard, like a really cool looking heater. And I ordered it through my mom's card because she's a Costco member and I'm not. But they delivered it to an Amazon dock. And my mom and I are kind of like, um, what? Like I put my address, but it said delivered to an Amazon dock. So now we have a trace in place, which I'm sure we may talk about, but that was the first time I thought that was kind of weird. Like why would it not be delivered to my house? It has nothing to do with Amazon, but I'm sure this is some sort of scam in place. Other is where member is maybe contacted by phone and gives remote access to their computer or information about their bank account as a person on the other side has told them, you know, they have a virus, this has to be fixed. It's called the Microsoft scam. Or, you know, there's a refund owing to them for some reason and they click on these links. So I know that a lot of institutions have things in place to help mitigate uh, these issues that come up. But I do think that, you know, it's your own personal onus of knowing what is a scam and what is not. And how do we decipher that? So I'm hoping today we can kind of go through like broad topics that are going to talk about things that you most commonly see, things that we as a consumer can put in place to help bridge that gap. And maybe we could be cyber crimes superheroes <laughs> so that we don't need to be investigated. We don't want to be these trifling people. <laughs> that's my new word. Yeah. And I think that's a good point, right? Like everything that you've mentioned or the majority of it has to do with people being the weakest link. And one of the things that we did find, we did a survey recently, and it showed that eight out of 10 Canadians feel this fraud fatigue, right? So to me, it explains it a bit why sometimes we fall for these scams, because it's coming at us constantly. And I don't know, Carla, if you receive the phone calls from the CRA or, oh, yeah. you know, the FBI has a warrant out for your arrest, which yes. is kind of strange considering we're Canadians, so we wouldn't have the FBI. But, you know, you have all these coming Absolutely. at you. I knew that Canadians through that survey also said that they're receiving at least one fraud attempts per week, which is surprising to me because I get about one a day, whether it's an email a LinkedIn request, uh, investment scams on on Telegram, phone calls. I mean, the duck cleaning is still ongoing, which to me, I, you know, baffles me. But I guess it does work. So 
that, you know, that being said is that we're feeling, and when I say fraud fatigue, is, is, it's because it's coming at us constantly. I feel it's eroding at our defense mechanism, but, you know, we have to put up the shield. We have to just be vigilant. That is so true. That is such a perfect like metaphor to explain how you feel. And it's so true. It's like, you don't even, it's like, we're so conditioned to just see these things. Like I had a phone call from mainland China yesterday. Like I'm pretty sure nobody is calling me from mainland China right now. But I just automatically was like, oh, ignore, ignore my friends, like, or people. FYI, if anybody ever tries to call me, I will not answer your phone call because I just feel like I I don't want to get stuck on the phone with these scams. So I just answer nobody's phone call that I don't know. So I figure, you know what? We're in this like digital age. They'll text me, like they'll email me. They'll send like maybe a bird with a note. I don't know, but I'm not answering the call because I'm so like, it's always like, oh, the CRA, you owe this and they're going to come and get you. They're not, they're not coming to get you. The CRA does not do that. They don't come and call you and say, we're going to come to your house and arrest you. Um, and being in a financial institution, we see this, right? Like we see people coming in and being concerned. We had somebody come in like one time, like freaking out, like, no, I need to pay it. I need to pay it right now. They said they're going to come to me. And we had to just kind of be that mitigation between them and say, no, no, no. Like, it's okay. Like, this is not, this is not true. And like, you can't send your money here. So but you're right. Like it, we, as the people are so fatigued and we are the weakest link. So how do we, how do we combat that? Like, how do we try to be a little bit more vigilant and not like just ignore this or fall victim to it? Cause like, there's so many things that it's so hard to decipher sometimes. Yeah. And I think, you know, your approach is a really good one. The one where I don't pick up the phone if I don't recognize the phone number. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, we have so many methods of communication that it's like, if they really want to get a hold of me, they'll text me. So, you know, thinking to an e-transfer, why is someone that I don't know sending me an e-transfer or why is it that, you know, I've seem to overpaid a certain bill that I'm going to be reimbursed all of a sudden? It's really rare that people give money back. You know, I'm not saying that it's unusual, but then maybe kind of take a second and just think about it. I don't owe this person any money or they don't owe me any money. Why are they sending me money? And that's kind of like a phishing tactic. And if you're still uncertain, maybe text your friend. Don't don't use the email address provided, but just text your friend and go, hey, I see you sent me some money. I, I don't recognize it. Is that, you know, is that true? Great. And you you just... And I think that's where we're, we have so many things coming at us, especially that many of us are working from home or we're, we just moved our, our lives online. You know, we're gaming more, we're communicating, we're doing FaceTime so that we have this knee jerk reaction that we get an email. And because there's so much going on is that we just kind of react right away. Well, if it's something that has urgency, that's usually a tactic that uh, cyber criminals are using to get us to act without thinking. So it's like, oh, you know, this person is in trouble or you, there's an investment here that's happening that you need to get on the bandwagon. Uh, crypto is really what's hot and you're going to get a return of 20%. Well, you know, I, my investments are not doing that great, I'll admit. Uh, but at the same time, 20% seems really high. Crypto, it's not something that I'm familiar with. You know, 
I'm going to take a break. And that's really what we're saying is just don't act on the knee-jerk reaction. Just take a moment, assess the situation, and then really do your background check. You know, uh, is it really, who's giving me this advice? Is it an influencer? And are they, you know, how certified are they in investment? So that, it, that those kinds of things, like it, at the time, you know, when you think back, it's like, oh, well, that's common sense. But when we're inundated with everything, with life, kids, it just, yeah. it's not, we don't take the time to think about it. And I think we need to, we need to pause. Yeah, no, I think that is great advice. Because I think you're, you're right. You're, you're like, you nailed it on the head. Like you're so conditioned to just react right away and open that email. Like I had numerous from friends that never, never email me, but, Oh no, well, you know, Melissa emailed me. So I'm going to open it. Like, why would she email me? Usually she tells me like, Oh, I'm going to forward you something. Like she's my best friend. She like texts me and calls me and not never emails unless she's specifically sending me something that we've already talked about. So, but if I don't pause and kind of say like, Oh, what, what was this? Like, why, why is she sending it to me? I would probably just react, open it, click a link and be like, Oh, well, that's great. Now I've just like infected everything because that's it. I fell victim to exactly what they are trying to do. And it's, and you hear it so many times, like I know here at work, like as an employee, we have like training that we have to do all the time on, you know, not accepting like outside emails and making sure, um, sorry, not, not accepting outside emails, but being aware of who's trying to kind of like hack into the system. And it has like opened my eyes, like doing this training, don't tell our IT department that because they're super annoying to do, but, um, but they're so worth it. Okay. IT, if you're listening, they're so worth it uh, because it's little things that you don't think of that are trying to like trick you into like our, they'll send like there's scams, right? Like where the CEO sends you an email, like obviously I'm not going to not open an email from my CEO, but to know and stop and say, okay, is this like, he's telling me to go buy like three iTunes gift cards. I'm pretty sure he's not going to come to me and ask me to do that. So being that, that like line of defense for yourself to know what seems a little bit off. Cause I think I can assume to say like, if it seems like a little bit off, it is probably really off. Right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And it, it going back yeah. to your example of, of your friend, Melissa. So Melissa never sends me an email and these criminals are, you know, they adapt very quickly. So what they've started doing is they will hack uh, Facebook accounts and look at who the friends are and then target those friends and they will impersonate that trusted source. So all of a sudden, like you said, Melissa, who um, never emails you, now she's emailing you links and is telling you maybe to go buy those things and send them over or, you know, and, and you're like, well, Melissa never does that. So this is where, again, you have to step it up. So instead you'll just call her up or you're going to text her, but it, it, you know, we're so busy, we might just try to act on it, but this is where you go. It's out of the norm. Melissa doesn't do that. So let me go and check with her and at the same time, maybe catch up. And it's just that extra step. And that's really going to save you a lot of um, a lot of hassles in the long run. And then you get to catch up with Melissa. You never know. It's true. Right? It's true. I know. We only talk to each other like 45 times a day. But yeah, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's true, but it's true because that should send off an alarm bell to me, right? Because you know that's not your your generic conversation. So with that said, like when we think about like, okay, you're kind of stopping and reacting and maybe like you take that extra step. Is there, is there any other ways that we can like proactively like protect ourselves? Like I know, like, for example, like financial institutions, not all of them, but like most of them have tactics in place, like, right. Like, and most places now, like I am, I am that person. Like I will just like create a new account because I don't remember my password, especially like the two-factor authentication ones. And it has to have like 87 characters and a special code. And then like, I just sign up for new accounts because I forget my, or I just reset my password because I, I for, like, I try to make them complicated. It's, it doesn't work. It's very bad. My brother laughs at me because every time I give him my Wi-Fi password, he's like, why, why did you pick this? I'm like, it was beside me at the time. Like, like, like it'll be like mouse, like random things that are beside me, not an actual mouse, like a computer mouse. That's actually right beside me right now. But <laughs> putting things in place like that, will that help with protecting yourself a little bit? Like, I know we have like banking alerts. My husband, we share a credit card. He has the notifications to his phone. Great for like anti-fraud. Not so great when Carla's trying to make some Amazon purchases and he's like, what is this? Did you buy this? Why are we buying something again? So twofold there. But uh, I know that there are things in place like that. But is there anything that you can maybe suggest or that I haven't covered or that is out there that can help with those people that can't remember their passwords? Anything. Um, what I would say is, you know, find, and I know it's not easy, your point, right? Like these passwords, we went from the very simple passwords to extremely complicated ones where we end up doing the exact opposite of what we say not to do, which is write it down. But it's so complicated because there's characters, you know, there's capitals, it's alphanumeric. What I would say, which is the best investment I've done so far is I pay for a password vault. Oh, yes. I've heard of these. I've heard of these. Yes. And then you can make a very robust password. It can even yeah. suggest the password, which is generated. But that would be my number one suggestion is that mm -hmm. you make it a very strong uh, password. And to remember, because my memory is not great, is that I do a passphrase. So I... Mm -hmm enjoy skating you know sk8 let's say ing mm. at 60 you know exclamation so something like that it's not my password either yeah. but no something yeah. that Obviously, you can we're not gonna, to. we're not giving you the goods people here we're not giving you the goods today she's not <laughs> taking my money so so that would be uh, one you know you you want to do that you want you you want to make it what you have, the infrastructure, make it very strong. Uh, you mentioned multi-factor authentication. That's actually pretty good, too, because you don't have to remember if it's biometrics, you got it with you. Just don't chop off your yeah. thumb, you know, put it on yeah. there. Yeah. And um, there's also the code that they might send to your text and then it populates and it just adds that extra level of authentication that if someone from China is trying to access your account, mm -hmm. you're going to get a passcode on your phone and then you're going to be like, what is this? 
and then you can catch it before there's any fraud. So that, those two things, I mean, is really great. Don't share personal information on social media. Mm -hmm. Often, you know, when they send, for example, an e-transfer, they put a security question and answer and it's like, what's the name of my dog? And then if you go on on their social media account, Fido is plastered everywhere um, and it's very easy to guess. When, when we talked about that, like when we were first like meeting each other, that was like, it's like stuck in my head now. Like I think all the time, I'm like, wow, like I put like even like something as simple as like kids' birthdays, anniversaries, obviously like when you're going to post about it, you're not thinking like, oh, someone's looking, someone's going to take my password. But that is like another layer that they will try, right? Because they know now, like my twin's birthday is February 17th. So why wouldn't they try that, right? Because that's an easy thing to remember. So is grapefruit, just saying. But uh, that is a that is so true, and that that really, honestly, like that first conversation has really that that has stuck with me is being more mindful of what I'm putting out to the internet and who has access to see that. Right? Like very simple. You know, I don't know who's on my friend. I do know who's on my friends list, but like I could have like somebody that's posing as somebody that I don't even know, or like in a, a place of business that I'm following that may not be reputable. Like I, I follow random businesses that are from like the States and things that, you know, you just need to be a little bit more aware of like what, who is seeing your stuff and what are you putting out there? So that yep. was it. It is stuck in my head. Hmm. Well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad yes. that kind of stuck in at the same time, you know, you want to post, you want to post for your friends and family and then, but Maybe in some cases, and that's one of mine that, you know, um, resonates is that people will will take a picture of, you know, something in particular, but then in the background, you see the address of the house. So now they're like, oh, I know where you live. I know your date of birth, you know, and it's not it's not a gold mine in one specific post. But when they look through it, they know your kids names, the date of birth the dog's name, your address, like it paints a profile picture of who you are and that puts you at risk. Yeah, it's so true. It That reminds me of my dad uh, because, and this is probably true, it just sounded funny because like obviously Facebook came out way later for me this, in university. Um, and I remember like going on a vacation and like, I'm sure... I'm sure guys, like if anybody goes back to their old Facebook posts, it was like, I went to the mall today. Like that's what we posted. Um, And I remember one time he's like, don't post that we're on vacation. Don't tell anybody we're on vacation. People are going to rob the house. And it's so funny because at the time I'm like, oh my God, dad, like calm down. But now they may not be coming to like rob my house. Well, maybe they are, but it's the same concept, right? Like you're painting this picture and this profile for somebody telling them like, Hey, I'm away on vacation right now. Have, have at it, go for it. And, you know, again, at the time, like I thought you're silly, but now as a homeowner with kids and stuff in my house, I don't want somebody going to take it. So I think you need to equate the same thing to your like social profile and your digital footprint, because it's just the same, right? Like stop. You don't have to post not saying that they shouldn't post whatever, but be more mindful of what you're posting and what is in the background. Like you said, like, is your house there, your address, your location, your, all of those things, right? Your license plate. That's another one. Yes. Yes. 
look at my new so car. True. And then you have the license plate yeah. right there. And it's like, oh, okay. It's, so true. it's another piece. It's so true. They must spend like all day. I always joke. I'm like, if they only like got a job, like and put that much effort into the job, maybe like they wouldn't feel the need to be stealing other people's things. But I guess, I don't know, the thrill, the, the work that goes into it. The payout may be great. I don't know. Maybe somebody's sitting with my my heater right now, and it is not on an Amazon dock. I don't know, but yeah, and I I bet they're enjoying it too after the yeah. weather we've had. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, UPS is great, and they're going to give us a refund, but still, I would rather the heater. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they dedicated so much time, mm-hmm. you know, to something more beneficial, we would probably have a cure for COVID. I, I agree. I agree. I think, right? Do you hear us criminals? Like go start seeking other opportunities because why just try and take from other people? Everybody just go do your job and we don't have to have 75 characters for a password anymore because we don't be great people, right? So I know that we talked about a couple of things too prior, but you guys have what's called a digital checkup, right? Can you explain that for our listeners? Because I think that is a great tool that people can use, go read about, and just keep top of mind. Like I said, that one little conversation we had, because I wasn't even thinking about it, is now stuck with me. So I'm hoping that this podcast specifically is going to educate our listeners, push them to seek what they already have in place. Maybe like you said, they have already the two-factor authentication. They have banking alerts up. But I think there's so much more that people can educate themselves on that they're not um, they're not even aware of or they're not thinking of. And like maybe we are fraud fatigue and we're so over it and we're so kind of, you know, I don't want to see another one and sure, but I think this is especially being up 130%, like this is the time more than ever that we need to be a little bit more diligent. Yeah. So to counter fraud fatigue, uh, Interact created a digital checkup tool. So it's similar to going to the doctor on a yearly basis to get that physical checkup. Well, this one is a yearly checkup where, you know, you want to look at your cyber hygiene and it's very basic. It's basically three steps you diagnose, you know, across all your platforms, you look at what you have. And we talked about social media. So does that mean taking your, uh, your, your social media and tightening it down a little bit? And instead of making it public, you keep it just to your, to your close circle, um, reducing maybe with the type of information that you're sharing, do you need to say that you did go to the mall? You know, is that something that, and which mall, because that really gives you the proximity of where you live. Um, And then you want to remedy that situation. So look at your passwords, simple password, grapefruit. Maybe you change it for French, so you go pamplemousse. Nobody would get that. Nobody. So you want to change it, (laughs) make it a little bit more complicated, and then really just prevention. So don't even engage, don't click on the link, and, and that should protect you, you know, and that's all about prevention. You're aware of it, but let's make sure that those criminals are not knocking on your door because you're on vacation with your dad. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. Tony was right. Tony was right. I will never admit that to him, but he was right. But I think this is all like phenomenal information. And we, we are in such control of these things. So we can prevent, you know, the email money transfer that you're sending to somebody that you're never going to get back. And I would love to say that financial institutions and places like Interact and places that are there to help you will be able to like refund all your money for scams, but it's not the case. So you need to take ownership as your own person, just as much as your financial institution is there to help you, because there's only so much that, you know, a place can cover or kind of say, you know, well, maybe you should have been a little bit more vigilant. That was a little bit harsh, but you need to be so aware that you need to be the one in control and you need to be the one educated. And that's why we're doing these workshops because if you don't even know where to look or know that there's a digital checkup or know that there's places that can help you walk you through these things, um, how are you supposed to combat it? So I think this was really beneficial today. Um, was there anything that we're, we didn't touch upon that you think we should touch upon that we didn't, you know, we're not really telling people to go cancel social media, but no, I don't know your, your phrase of tightening it up because again, being aware of like, even who's on your friends list. Have you guys done, like I've done that before where I've gone through and I'm like, who is this person? Why did I add them? Like, there's no need for them to be there. They're getting the boot. This might hinder people who are trying to stalk like an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. Cause I know like, you know, you could see, like you said, you build that profile, you know, like he's with this person now. And then this is happening. Like it's really good for stalkers like this, but probably not, not healthy so for the criminals. Not even a little bit. No. Don't lie. We all do it. We all do it. <laughs> it's true. Don't tell me I'm alone in this, Rachel. I, I have some concerns. <laughs> This has been so good. Like, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I already feel way more educated on this topic. I might be a little bit afraid. You might be a little bit afraid of me right now. I don't know. But I think this topic is something that we should be chatting about on an ongoing basis. It's not, you know, something that we just think about once and forget about. This is something that we should be top of mind. And like, like you said, stop, just stop and like reevaluate before you react because this understanding of our financial picture, this component of our financial picture really helps to empower us to make better financial decisions and have a positive relationship with money. Your financial picture is not always about, you know, paying debt, budgeting. It's really about having the right tools in place to help protect you and help move you forward. Because ultimately, we want you to recognize your worth and help you enjoy life to its fullest and have the experiences you've always wanted to do. Just don't post about all of them. Just kidding. And you can't do that if you aren't protected. As always, we are here for you as well as institutions and individuals like Rachel. And we encourage you to get in touch at any time, whether it's with a question about our business, a comment on how we might be able to answer your burning financial questions. After all, at Tandia, your voice is the most important one. Thank you so much again for joining us and thank you for tuning in. And we hope you have found value today through this podcast. We are on all the social channels. So snap a photo of this podcast, tag us and share us on your channels so we can help get the word out. We will link 
the digital checkup and other resources that we found helpful when it comes to preventing fraud in the show notes. And you can always also connect with us at Tandia.com. Catch you soon. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I feel smarter already. Remember, Tandia is here to help. If you found this podcast helpful, please let us know. Got feedback? Want to learn more? Just head to Tandia.com. Tandia, as unique as you.